Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Galan Says Podcast, available live exclusively on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Galan Says, but also available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review, it means so much. And if you want to interact with this show live, we're building the audience up slowly and slowly. It grows and grows. You got to go to twitch.tv slash Galan Says. It's the future. Do I sound like I'm a little manic right now because I've had too much coffee? The answer is yes. Bunch of stuff to dive into. I wanted to start off with this. We all talked about Chris Rock getting the shit slapped out of him at the Oscars by one Will Smith. Will Smith released a note apology. Jada Pinkett Smith said it's a healing season. Will Smith said, I'm a work in progress. We haven't heard anything from Chris Rock. Chris Rock's stand-up tour was about to begin, and now the resale for tickets to said stand-up have gone through the roof. And you might have been pissed off if you decided to spend through the roof for his first showing. This is at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Let's go picture in picture for just a moment here. Here is Chris Rock's first comments since Will Smith slapped the shit out of him. Courtesy of somebody who was illegally recording in the crowd. Uh, I'm not, I don't have like a bunch of shit about what happened. So it became the hit at. I'm not, I had like a whole show I wrote before. This weekend and I'm still kind of processing what happened like like I so at some point I'll talk about that shit and you know it'll be serious it'll be funny so That was a very enthusiastic person in the crowd saying, sue him, Chris, sue him. So, tame, right? First thing he asked was, how was your weekend? So, at the very least, he had a sense of humor about it. But, okay, I get it. You got an hour worth of material that you're about to do for your stand-up special. You probably want to have the best material possible when you finally do respond to what Will Smith did to you on national television. But I think this is a big failure on Chris Rock's part. You're never going to have people looking at you more than they look at you right now. Eventually, this will become somewhat old news. You got to come out swinging. We have seen Chris Rock in settings where he has been roasting people, and the guy is fucking good at roasting people. You got to come out swinging. You got to talk about your experience. You got to talk about, I guess, your truth, how you felt. But more so, you got to come back. You can't let that happen to you and go completely unresponded to you made a joke about something that you probably weren't aware of and i'm sure that we're going to eventually hear from chris rock that he had no idea that jada pinkett smith was dealing with alopecia which is far from cancer or some horrible disease it's not great i feel bad for people that are suffering that but as someone with a receding hairline i mean shit like it happens you start losing your hair at some point in time he made a joke that was very innocuous. The Oscars are, at best, PG-13 rated jokes only. And Will Smith lost his fucking mind. Slapped him in the face. Chris Rock is creative enough to come up with something on the fly afterwards. I would imagine in that moment, 
He is definitely more than creative enough in the week afterward to think up something and to absolutely eviscerate Will Smith. So look, far be it for me to tell someone who is way more relevant than I will ever be in my life, Chris Rock, how to do their job. I've never done stand-up comedy. I'm intimidated to do stand-up comedy. Thought about it a couple of times, but I feel like I would forget all of my jokes a lot, get off track, ADD tangents, etc. But I feel like Chris Rock missed it here. Come on, man. Fight back. Strike back. Maybe this is what I want as opposed to what he wants. Maybe he wants to move on from this altogether. There's no moving on from this. This is the most relevant thing that has happened between celebrities in the longest time. Like, I can't even think of a second. Perhaps that's been because we have had so few interactions between anyone over the last couple of years with COVID-19 and stuff. But come on, man. I mean... You got to come back out and you got to come out swinging and you got to roast the shit out of Will Smith, which shouldn't be that hard. The man's wife fucks everything outside of Will Smith, apparently. I mean, she even said it in a public interview. I felt bad for Will Smith. That sucked. That must have been terrible to have this rumor that has constantly been talked about between you and your wife brought out into the open and to look the way you did there, which was vulnerable. But who wants to look vulnerable on national TV? It's one thing when you're with your therapist or you're with some friends. National TV doesn't look good, but this is not me defending Will Smith. Like, there's plenty of things to make fun of Will Smith for. And Will Smith being one of the A-list actors of all A-list actors should have been able to take it then and should be able to take it going forward. All that fucking bullshit defense about, oh, well, family, you know, I'm a work in progress. Shut the fuck up. You got to sit back and take it. And Chris Rock should have done it there, at least in my humble opinion. Anyway, that's just me. DK Metcalf is one of the most ripped human beings that you're ever going to see in your life, right? I mean, good God. He is a massive human being. And you would think, okay, well, someone like that, maybe they're adding something extra into their diet not making any accusations against dk metcalf love the guy one of my favorite players in the nfl definitely my favorite seahawk in fact i only have one i i I did i got into like a funko pop addiction and the only seahawks funko pop i have is not russell wilson hell no i was never going to get him it's one dk metcalf okay so dk metcalf my favorite seahawk outside of tyler lockett both of those guys, Tyler Lock is just a really sweet guy, uh, but DK Metcalf is everything I like. He talks shit. He likes to maul defensive backs. He likes to block. He likes to hit people. Like, there's so many great things about him, but I'm jealous of the man. Did you see what this guy eats? He was on with um, Kevin Garnett, one of my other favorite athletes of all time. Go Celtics. On, I guess, Showtime's basketball show, and Kevin Garnett decided to ask him about what his diet's like. Because you look at DK Metcalf and you're thinking to yourself, you must eat just nonstop meat, nonstop protein shakes all day long to look like the Adonis you look like. Here is that interaction on the Showtime basketball show. Let's open it up and here we go. Talk about how important nutrition is. Nutrition's huge. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst person to ask that. <laughs> Dog, uh, are you eating, pa- you eating Popeyes, Churches? Nah, see. You from I, the city, too. I know you be eating coon soup. Yeah, that's I'd some be shit. A, I'm a candy type person. Oh, um, what? I eat one meal a day, drink one coffee, and eat like three, four bags of candy. Man, define bags of candy, man. Let's pause for a moment. Did you hear what he just said? 
What I do is I have one meal a day, one cup of coffee a day, and three bags of candy. How? Look at how big he is. My, my hand's pointing now. Look how big he is. I mean, he's not Kevin Garnett big. Kevin Garnett's six foot ten. He looks small, I guess, by comparison in this picture right here. How? How are you that big? As someone who is constantly trying to get bigger and bigger, you're big with one meal a day and with candy? Fucking genetics. Anyway, this interview continues. Jelly like beans. No, nah, see, I'm a gummy, gummy, gummy type of guy. So you get your lifesavers. Come on, man. Stop. Stop, man. Come on. Hold on. Hold on, man. So you finna go through a structure, a bag of candy. You about to go through the whole. Okay, let's hear this. Let's hear so, it. all right, I'm just take you through yesterday. So yesterday I woke up, worked out, worked out again, came home, showered. I'm hungry. Run to Starbucks, get a quick coffee. That's gonna hold me till like four, five o'clock. How? How? That's gonna hold you up to four or five o'clock? You worked out twice. I would be dying at this point in time. And I know some people do the intermittent fasting thing. I've never actually tried it. I don't think I'd be able to do it because I'm I'm very, very grumpy when I'm hungry. I don't sound particularly good on the radio. There was a caller today that I, I felt like I got a little pissy with, partly because he, he wasn't actually providing an argument. He was just laughing, which triggers. But he also, um, you know, he was talking over me and I was getting mad about it. I, I, I think if I'd eaten... I wouldn't have felt so mad after the fact, but that's, that's insane. Especially if you're working out twice. Anyway, works out twice, gets a cup of coffee. Here's what happens next. This 12. Okay. So it's going to hold me for like four hours. Dang. Around 4.30, I'll order some candy and a water. So I got, what did I get yesterday? I got the Skittles gummies. Then I got uh, the Lifesaver Creations. They the same size bag, so I just mix them. So it's safe to say we're going to see a DK gummy at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, y'all heard it. Um, Another certified, certified moment. Certified moment. Hey. <laughs> get the gummy, get the candy, get the water, eat that. That's going to hold me to like 8 o'clock where I'm having dinner, 8, 9. And then I eat dinner, go to sleep. That's an everyday thing? That's a That's Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, Monday through Monday? You know, not you eat candy like that, huh? Yeah. I'm a candy eater, yeah. <laughs> Look at Garnett's face. I mean, Garnett's face there, I would be as pissed off as him too. You get to a certain point, like once you get to age 32, where I'm at, 33 in about a week, you realize there are certain foods that when you eat, it's going to show the next day. Even if you do work out five to six times a week, which is what I do. But for DK to look like that, and he's eating fucking three bags of candy a day, oh, that just drives me crazy. Like, I feel like shit when I have one soda now. Vanilla Coke, that's the go-to. It's the only soda. Well, Dr. Pepper. I do like Dr. Pepper, too. But Vanilla Coke or Dr. Pepper, I'll have one. It's usually when I'm on a road trip. But I feel like shit afterwards. I feel all that, like, carbonation and all the syrup all, like, congealing in my intestines and stuff. Oh, it just feels weird. And I eat fast food every now and then. But, I, I mean, I eat the highest quality fast food I can get. It's Chick-fil-A. I get the spicy chicken sandwich there. But imagine you're eating bags of candy, like, the heartburn the the weirdness of digesting that every single day but he is not the only person that we have seen like this stone jam 206 says give or take a couple of meals i have the same diet as dk well fuck you dude you must i hope you're in great shape i'm jealous that's incredible um it reminds me of another moment how many of y'all watched hard knocks 
There's only one person I can think of that's had a diet quite like DK Metcalf's, though it's not candy. At least he's eating something with some sort of nutritional sustenance. It is Chad Ochocinco on the TV show Hard Knocks back in the day. Good out here every day, and I have what some would call the worst diet in the world. I have uh, hotcakes with sausage, uh, two sausage egg McMuffins, and a large orange juice. I've been able to survive on McDonald's still to this day. You know, nothing has changed about my my eating habits. They say breakfast of champions, lunch and dinner of champions. My pregame meal. Unbelievable. I'm gonna tell you McDonald's is bad for you. Eat what you want to eat, and you work out the way you're supposed to. It's not gonna bother you. Let's go to dinner. McDonald's on me. They always talk about the movie Super Size Me. Man, please. It's a freaking movie. It's not realistic. Child, please, is what that gets. <laughs> Wait a second. Let's go back. Let's circle back to that quote one more time. Freaking movie. It's not supposed to. It's not going to bother you. Let's go to dinner. McDonald's on me. They always talk about the movie Super Size Me. Man, please. It's a freaking movie. It's not realistic. Child, please, is what that gets. You see this lady? It's a movie. It's not realistic. Child, please, which is his way of saying, fuck you. <laughs> it's not realistic. All timeline. I mean, saying fake news before Trump was even saying fake news. Look, all the power in the world to these athletes who have these diets, all the power in the world to anyone who can eat like shit and still look like an absolute machine out there. Chad Ochocinco was one of them. DK Metcalf is one of them, and I'm so jealous. But, man, McDonald's every single day. Stone Jam 206 says that's more like it. Come on, you're doing that every day? I, I got to say with McDonald's, I, I just don't like it. Mainly because they screw up your orders all the time and the fries are always cold. I know that the flurry machine never works. I wouldn't get it anyway because they got the lactose intolerance. The only thing I like at McDonald's is the apple pie because they used to be like two for a dollar. But the chicken McNuggets taste a little weird. They don't have the chicken selects anymore. The hamburgers are just like smashed together and the, the, the meat doesn't taste good. They never, they put all the toppings on it. I don't want all the toppings on it. Ugh. McDonald's burgers, Taco Bell. Ugh. Yeah, I, I just don't do it. A uh, couple of comments on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Gallant says, I already muted you. Hey, Apology, what it do? What's going on? I already muted you. I hope you didn't mute me. Uh, Braden Sims says, hola. What's up, Braden? Regular of the Paul Gallant show extravaganzas, programs, whatever you want to call them. Okay, uh, that is topic number two. Let's get into the third topic. And I swear to God, guys, I'm not, I am not doing this on purpose. I am trying, as I said earlier this week, to stop talking about James Harden. Deshaun Watson, different story. The Texans have the Browns draft picks. We're going to be talking about Deshaun a lot in the years to come. But James Harden has been, this week, the gift that keeps on giving. First, you have him missing the game-winning shot. Check that. I guess this wasn't even first. Let me think. Oh, okay. Gets absolutely smoked by the Phoenix Suns on Sunday. Looks pretty bad in that game. Later in the week against the Milwaukee Bucks, he has a chance to hit a game-winning shot. Just bricks it. Completely misses the rim. And then yesterday, 
the Sixers lost to the Detroit Pistons. So you see that happen. The Pistons are playing actually all right. The Sixers are just in the middle of a slump. I don't know that their season is necessarily going down the drain, but there was a video that I saw posted by NBC Sports Philadelphia. And it seemed like just your average, hey, coach criticizing a player in a press conference. But here's what happened today. If you'll note right here on my Twitter, at Galan says, I tweeted out, it's healing season and I'm not going to laugh at this. It's because there was a video underneath it. The video has been deleted by NBC Sports Philadelphia. It was a tweet simply of Doc Rivers at the podium dumping on James Harden. This wasn't me. This was Doc Rivers. Now, they have the whole press conference up online on their account. So let's let's pull that one up. Really quickly, I think it's about here versus you know, in, in their defense. I think during that stretch, it was more James, you know, um, you know, than, than them. So, you know, um, yeah, that's just a tough night. So, they were asked about he was asked about the Philadelphia 76ers bench and some of the struggles that they had. And one more time for everybody else. In the classroom. Shots, you know, in, in their defense. I think during that stretch, it was more James, you know, um, you know, than, than them. So, you know, um, yeah, that's just a tough night. James Harden on the night, four for 15 from the field, as you can see at the graphic right there, only 18 points. And he really has been struggling of late. I mean, if you take a look at the actual statistics that he has had in the last four, Six games in the fourth quarter, four for 18 from the field, two for 10 from three, eight turnovers. I mean, he's really struggling all of a sudden, and I'm not going to lie. I love it. I love every fucking second of it because I want this guy to suffer. He does not deserve to win elsewhere. He doesn't. Nope. The guy was a jackass on his way out the door in Houston. He got pissy, more understandably, with the Brooklyn Nets situation with Kyrie Irving not being allowed to play in home games. But now, I mean, you just you just look at this situation and it's going exactly how you want it if you're a Harden hater. And I am a Harden hater, I'll admit it. But I'm trying to get better. And this week it just was it's ammunition. They're they're giving me so much. I'm not even asking for it. More and more and more, and it all just makes Harden look like a complete jackass. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it to this extent. I was saying this for the longest time when I was in Houston, that Harden is not someone that you want to root for, that you're better than rooting for someone like James Harden. He is not the kind of player that I can get behind and that you should be able to get behind. But I did not expect things to blow up the way that they have over the last couple of days. I thought this would be something that we would all learn once again in the actual playoffs. I didn't think that we would be getting it right now. So (laughs) I suppose there's a chance that we will see more, more of this in the near future. Um, I want to switch into another topic. I don't talk about soccer that often, but I do like the World Cup. 
And we found out today where the United States barely qualified for the World Cup by only losing 2 nothing to Costa Rica as opposed to losing 6 nothing. they qualified. So today was the group drawing day, and the U.S. ended up in this group. Group number, excuse me, group letter B. The other teams in group B, England, Iran, and either Wales or Scotland or Ukraine, who apparently is still in the running. I'm pumped. Look, I don't know shit about soccer other than Christian Pulisic is good. But I can't really make any statements along the lines of, yeah, the United States is in the midst of a golden generation. I just like that we're going up against countries that we're actually rivals with. I mean, and we're talking about real rivals with. Nationalism, baby, it's back. And by the way, take a look at some of the other groups. Germany and Japan are in a group, so you got a group that's the Axis. Should be in group A, I guess. But you get both England and Iran in the same group. Can you imagine what things are going to be like in the World Cup? First off, England's probably going to kill us. But it's awesome that we get to go up against the other country in the world that speaks the same language as us. So we can talk shit to them and they can throw back some insults that we don't understand in the fucking, in the fucking slightest. You fucking mump. You stupid wanka blonka. We could just make up British insults along the way. Throw them back at them, I guess. Make fun of them for the fact that we won the American Revolution. Sure, we tied in the War of 1812, but what happened in World War I? We showed up. What happened in World War II? We showed up. I like it. Throw a little nationalism back into the equation. Don't know anything about soccer? Like me? Oh, who's the group of death? I don't fucking know. I don't even know what the word fixture means. And it's funny seeing on ESPN how ESPN tries to make all of its coverage of soccer feature language that the entire rest of the world uses as opposed to our own language. Here's a headline. 2020 World Cup Finals Bracket and Fixtures Schedule. Fixtures? What the fuck is a fixture? FIFA World Cup fixtures. The group stage kickoff times and venues for all games will be confirmed in due calls. All times are local. Fixtures. Here's the fixtures. Why not just call it a schedule? Why can't we call it a schedule? I already muted you. Says fixture equals a game. Fuck that. Call it a game, right? A fixture? Shit, even call it a match. I thought this was America. You know? I thought that being the preeminent power in the world for now, thanks to all the nukes, that we would determine how the coverage of the sport in the company that is based in our own country would be done. I don't get it. So maybe it's time for a little nationalism. You know, driving my tractor around. As the sun rises over middle America, looking over the United States of America. If tomorrow all the things were gone, 
I'd work for all my life. Look at this guy, by the way. I've never watched this music video. It's like a John Deere tractor commercial. Oh, wow. Okay, they're shaking hands with each other. Oh, so American. Look at this guy's got overalls on. He's wearing a button down. He's got it tucked in. Ooh, cowboy hat guy. Ooh, and a veteran here. Let's do it. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm in the same group as the British in Iran, too. Remember the time they took hostages? That wasn't cool. And we'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her against other teams that are better than us at soccer, because there ain't no doubt I love football. God bless the U.S. in their fixtures. Anyway, there you go. Uh, I already muted you. Seems to be the soccer expert in the group. Mexico, Argentina, and Poland is a pretty hard group. Uh, I already muted you. Also says Britain, Wales, and the U.S. is a competitive group. Isn't Iran good? I wouldn't know. It would be really bad if the U.S. lost to Iran too, right? Like lock of the century. I don't know if you can bet on people to say things in the future, but if the U.S. loses to Iran, Trump is going to be all over Biden, and I'm all here for it. Listen, regardless of how you feel about politics, it would be pretty funny to see Donald Trump roast Joe Biden for the U.S. soccer team losing to Iran. And couldn't you see that happening? I mean, shit, the world's gone to shit as it is right now. Uh, I already muted you. Man, you know a lot about soccer. They are pot four. So it's uh, Iran. So I haven't watched them play yet, but we should not lose to them. LOL. Yeah, it should with us, though. Who fucking knows, you know? We're, like, just good enough to get disappointed in, right? But not good enough to actually have championship expectations. I, I, I guess if we get out of our group, that's a success. Right? We we don't expect to get to, like, the final eight or anything like that. Brayden Sim, we shouldn't have lost to Costa Rica, too, but shrugs. I know. What the fuck? Brayden Sim says, the only thing worse than this is song is Clay Walker's football time song. What, what song is that? Is that this one? It's football time in Houston. And we're ready to play. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, we've played this one before. On the Galan Says program, this song's pretty fucking bad, too. Why did they argue the Astros. Why did the fielders crash into one? Astros. Why do you think the pitch is so smoke? Why do you think they go for broke? Who says it's only a game? Why did the catches wear iron? Why did they wear iron spikes? Why did they die for the drive on the grass? Why did they go head first and home? Why did they go head first and home? Why do they feel all alone? You wanted to give it all you got. There's something in it. Oh, damn it, I don't know the words. This is an Astro song, though, right? I already muted you asking, what is this song called? Who says it's only a game? That's what it's called. You just ask questions. Like, very obvious questions about baseball. Why do they always reach for the top? Because it's fucking sports. Astros, baseball, who says it's only a game? It's a great song, isn't it? Go Astros, everybody. What else do we have to hit before we get to the road? 
Oh, yeah. A question. And I, I asked it earlier. It is a very one-sided vote. You have a significant other. Said a significant other roots for a team you cannot stand. Assuming they're not playing your team, are you obligated to root for your significant other's team in a big game? It is very one-sided. First off, on Twitter, 88.1% say no. Uh, Doug Russell responded, nope, and it happens in my house every football season. Walter, I'd probably root harder against them. Jeremy Dodd, it's the Yankees. I'd never. Good job by you. Uh, my buddy Steven Ventresco, who went to elementary school with me. Counterpoint, you would no longer have this particular significant other. Well, that's why I asked the question. So um, your boy got back on the dating apps, still single as fuck. Getting sad about the fact that he's still single. <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, well, I may as well get back on it. So last night I matched with somebody who is a Duke fan. And she asked me, like, well, who are you going to be rooting for in the tournament this weekend? And I said, I'm rooting for Duke to lose by 40. Luckily, that did not end our conversation. So we've, who knows what the hell happens going forward. But we had a nice back and forth. I am glad that everybody else seems to be in agreement that you are not obligated to root for your significant other in a big game. And I'm really curious as to how the Texas versus Texas A&M dynamic works. Cause I have some friends who are Longhorn slash Aggie couples. The Longhorns take it a lot more seriously and look down on the Aggies. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of mean, you know, the way that they do it. So I'm really curious. Uh, I already muted you ask, did she trash your cues for being trashed this year? No, I did immediately. I just said, yeah, we suck. My coach, the things that he has done over the course of his career are, you know, hire a guy that was like accused of pedophilia. He ran over a guy recently. There's a lot of players on the team that I was on in college who were less than uh, model citizens. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really have anything to go with. And yeah, this is the first time they've been sub 500 in a really long time. And on top of that, I mean, they don't seem to be good anytime, and they don't—they don't look like they're going to be good anytime in the near future. Uh, but as far as who I'm rooting for in the NCAA tournament this weekend, I am picking Kansas. Why? Fuck Duke. No offense. Fuck North Carolina. No offense. They're both in the ACC, and fuck Villanova. No offense. They used to be in the Big East with Syracuse. Like I have to root against all of those teams. Syracuse. Before I actually rooted for Cuse, they beat Kansas in the national title. So at least I have that going for me. But my uncle played football for Kansas, so I'm going to pretend like that's the reason. But basically, it's just blue bloods. I, I suppose I'm rooting for anarchy and for Coach K to look like a doofus. Will that happen? Can that happen? I would love to see it happen. But that's going to be it for this Friday. Friday, got to get down on Friday episode of the Galant Says Podcast. Big thanks to everybody who stopped by. I already muted you. Braden Sim, you guys rule. Stone Jam 206, as always. Love my regulars here on the Galant Says Podcast on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Galant Says if you haven't joined it already. Subscribe to the Galant Says Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. If you are more of a podcast person, but you want to watch this thing live every single weekday at about, I don't know, 3 o'clock Central Time or so. Until Monday day. So long, farewell, and have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Rock chalk? Yeah, rock chalk. <laughs>